Hello, I'm here with Daniela Greenwood. And I'm here with Murray Voicey Barlin. And we're going to be talking about false prevention. Daniela, who cares about false prevention? Is this really a problem? Yes, it is. It is a problem. And it's not just, uh, it's all of our problem because there's certain risk factors for falling and falling can have a terrible um, negative impact on people's lives. So I don't think the seriousness of falls is a contested zone in any way, <laughs> shape or form, just to quote a good friend of mine. Um, but um, I've known for many, many moons that one, when one fall occurs, there seems to be a downward spiral in, in many, um, many ways. And not to forget to mention confidence, well-being, participation, isolation, uh, and of course, the various medical, you know, consequences from fractures and injuries uh, occurred. And um, yeah, this—I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge area of importance. But also, it's one that I think shakes the foundations of those running aged care. Would I be right in saying that? It's an incredible worry when mm. when people hurt themselves, and you're in a space where. Um, one of your one of your objectives is, is to make sure people are safe. And I think you're right. Um, it was interesting hearing Kim really, uh, and you can tell that she's been doing this for those 20 years, you know, yeah. how wonderful that, um, that this is her passion. She sounded lovely. But uh, the idea that we just think automatically about breaks and about hospital and, mm. but, you know, but the real confidence issues and the real um, possibility of people just self-deselecting themselves from things that they really enjoyed because of that real fear of of falling again, and I think I think well in my mind anyway I think that that I really underestimated the impact that that can have on people. I know definitely that. Um, continence is has a similar effect for people living in their own homes often people won't go out if they're not a hundred percent sure that they know exactly how to get to the toilet and they can get there quick mm. enough so some people won't even go shopping anymore because they're afraid they'll be out and won't be able to find a toilet so the impact that these um, these particular things have on people's lives is huge and I think we don't think about that enough even eating like if you have people saying oh we're all going to go to a restaurant let's bring nan and mum and dad and everybody to the restaurant I've known older people to quickly run and look at the menu to see if there's anything there that isn't too awful to eat with a plate or with you know um with dentures, you know, mm. to make sure that they won't be stuck in a situation where there isn't lots of chewing. You know, we think about that about snacks and biscuits and 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 oh, there's a bowl of nuts and things like that that yeah. that people are like, oh, I hope there's something I can eat and not make a fool of myself. So all of those things that happen to our bodies, I think this lens of this cult of perfection, we don't just think about those things really practically. Wow, I just you just reminded me actually just to digress briefly about um, incontinence because I remember my mother wouldn't go on bus trips because of the fear of 
yeah. not being able to make it to the toilet and it's quite debilitating and 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 so if we look at if we look at people's confidence after you know a fall the mm. consequences as you said and I loved what you just said that we do focus on the breaks but we we do forget about the well-being of a person you know when they're in this zone and and so to avoid it you know like this is what I liked about Kim and so we we're talking about Kim Delbert's um uh, interview with with Ash on the podcast this week um she was saying that the single most uh, effective intervention for falls prevention is exercise um and I, she talked about physiotherapy and I was reflecting on my own situation this week. <laughs> I've got a re- I've got a knee injury that's come yeah. up to rear its ugly head. As do they you do say. your exercises? That's all I want to know. Do you do your exercises and all of them and exactly as directed? Come on. Okay, I'm going to take a political angle on answering this and give you some mm-hmm. stats. Um, three days what? out of seven, the last seven, I've not done my physiotherapy exercises. Why? Because who does physiotherapy? Come on. <laughs> Seriously. My physiotherapist said to me one day, he said, right, you haven't done your exercises. Do you drink coffee? Yes, I drink coffee. He says, where do you, do you make it or you go out? I go out. He says, well, how long does that take? I said, oh, you know, 15, 20 minutes. He said, 20 minutes? Let, let's say 20 minutes. So you've got time to spend sipping a cup of caffeine that's not good for your body as opposed to looking after your knee, which is going to digress and take you to bad places when you hit your 60 mark. And mm. I I just realised that it's really hard to get people to exercise. <laughs> it's really hard. I know. I'm think, I think it's so important not to um, – I, I find that when people talk about it, that they talk about this, this group of old people, and I don't actually know what age you hit now when you're considered this group of old people 25 it's like they talk about it like it's a different thing like there's there is so much money that the government puts into health promotion around not smoking around eating healthily around exercising around putting on sunscreen and it's always been a mystery to all humans why people don't do things they know are good are really really good for them well, it's not just might be nice. You know your knee will be better, but you decided not to exercise. Oh, I haven't decided not to exercise. I'm just lazy. Yeah, that's no, I know. <laughs> but three out of seven, that sounds about average. I'm just yeah. thinking it's exact. Of course, whatever age you are, once you're an adult, it's it's. I don't think you hit a certain age and all of a sudden – you become a health promotion like <laughs> disciple. So I'm I've pretty got two sure days, and then I'm a, a old person. Human nature is human nature. I know that's kind of the way it's divided, or you know, you have one kind of frailty or or chronic condition, and it's like all of a sudden this person fits into the group of people who we can now make do what we want them to. The same. I like her story about the sleeping tablets, but oh. I think. It's not just, obviously, we know that um, psychotropics in aged care are a huge problem and antipsychotics in particular, and um, and they lead to death. We know that. They definitely mm-hmm. increase the risk of death. Um, that's why Human Rights Watch really pointed out Australia as being so bad at this, that we just drug people because it makes it easier to manage them. So that's why Human Rights Watch twice now has put out a world alert on Australia. 
Wow. I... Some, some of the psychotics we use in America have a black box warning. Do not use with dementia. But we yeah. use them in Australia. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how can that be? What, do the drugs work differently on in another hemisphere? So, so antipsychotics then, antipsychotic medication is for psychosis, is it mm. not? Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. Like, what, what do we give? And we know that when you medicate somebody, that there is a very, very possibility they be, become unsteady on their feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, balance Especially is compromised. Especially with these drugs. Decision making is compromised. And so she used the term, and this is probably a good time to bring it up. She talked about acceptable interventions, which Ash liked too. I liked her use of what's. Well, her? it's acceptable to people. Yeah. Because the people were like, yeah, we know that, that not having the sleeping tablets may help, but, yeah, we're not going to do it. And I noticed that Ash picked up and, and he said, what's the difference between an acceptable intervention and an unacceptable intervention? Stuff people will do and stuff they won't. <laughs> and they wouldn't. I love the story about her saying that they had trouble with the study because no one wanted to give up the sleep medication. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would either. Sleep is, like, glorious. Absolutely. And if you found something that helps you sleep and someone's saying to you, you know, we want you, you could be one of the the um, control group or not, I, yeah, that would, I wouldn't do it. And the few people who did went right as it finished and went straight back on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that study's over, thank goodness. Um, and that's so, human nature, that's it. It so. is human nature and that's the thing. And, and you know, if I think about, um, what are the benefits of exercise? I know what the benefit as a mm, me too as a, a younger middle middle older age person, whatever I category I fall into. Um, you know I know very well that there's benefits to exercise, but you know, and it's interesting, Daniel. I was thinking about this because I am a person that spends a lot of time in my head, you know, and I mm. think a lot and throw stuff around and ruminate over things. And so when I'm at my best, I'm also Aquarian, so I have no earth in my star sign. No earth. I'm air, 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 all air. And so and I know that comes as a big shock to you. I can see by your reaction. Um and so I spend a lot of time in this little head of mine, but if I get into my body, you know, when I was doing my yoga, when I was swimming daily and I get into my body, I feel better about myself, but I also sleep better. Yeah, but you with with all of that knowledge, Murray, with all of that knowledge and even your embodied experience of how it, li- it lifts your mood and, and, and makes you sleep better, you still don't do it. Mm. So that is so important to take account of. Mm. It's so important to take account of in thinking about um, h- how, we, how we experience maybe being in an institution where the only options offered to us are by physios, are by lifestyle who are trying to manage our behaviour or make us do things, are by everybody. What good looks like is some kind of clinical good for us good. We've got Maggie Beer, she's gorgeous, and I've spoken about this, but they have all of these forums around nutrition and the only people there are nutritionists. Not thinking Mm. people don't want to eat stuff they don't enjoy. This woman just used to have a cup of tea and a chocolate biscuit in the afternoon and watch the soapies. She doesn't even get to have those small pleasures. She comes into aged care and now everything is, you know, I think we're still the same humans and imagine you are in a wheelchair and someone just 
every morning wheels you to the ex- the music and movement activity like every day and and it's just kind of for your own good and you th- you look around you and you see all these medical things and you think well I guess I kind of have to do this can you imagine how it just strips away all of those tiny decisions even bad ones that really made up who you are even though mm. yeah look being part of that stuff is going to do you good Coming out of your room will do you good, but people don't want to do it. Mm. And when they're put in these type of institutions, that's no longer on the table. And and that really is debilitating. So, you know, if I think about my own trajectory, you know, of a knee issue as I get older and I find myself living in residential aged care, and I will probably, you know, have some serious consequences around my mobility with my knee, depending on what, what happens. Or... If I uh, find myself living with dementia and can't communicate issues around my knee, what are you going to do about me needing to be more mobile and move, but if I don't want to? How do we, what do we do here? I don't know. I think for something like um, the falls prevention we're talking about, I feel like uh, Kim has really uh, interrogated this and I love (laughs) the idea of, like your your physio said to you, you know, how long do you take to make a coffee? So you take 20 minutes to drink coffee and you don't care about your food. Obviously, that doesn't work with humans. But <laughs> someone like Kim has really spent 20 years thinking about this. And so she said, how long does it take you to make coffee? Uh, oh, 10 minutes to make it. Great. There's 10 minutes exercise. Do you know, that? like if it was me and I was told, I was already thinking when Kim was speaking Actually, I could do squats while I'm um, waiting for my kettle to boil or, you know, actually thinking about what or when I'm brushing my teeth, what can I link that habit to? Okay, I could do like, you know, standing on your toes and exercising your ankles or um, I started to think of different little things I could do. So Bring it into your daily activities of what you already do. Yeah, it sounded really smart to me. She's obviously thought, how can we get around people's stubbornness? And people, like your physio was thinking, Maury, you spend 20 minutes on something bad for you and you won't spend 20 minutes on something <laughs> that's going to stop you being quite severely unable to walk or, you know, do things at later life. Um I think rather than blaming people or sort of, you know, um, making them feel even more like a failure, just say, okay, well, what do you do? What is something that you're good at that that you really do commit to? So coffee's a good one for me. How do we build this into <laughs> you, what, you're, what yeah. you're already doing? Yeah. And who knows? I think she was really right about, um, and it made me think too about, you know when you start a new exercise, the hardest part is starting because we know eventually if you can get over that hump that you will start feeling better and that you will, your body will feel better, you'll sleep better, as you said. So her focus was on how do we just get people to do it in a way that, that they don't have to dread so that they start to feel good and then think, huh, ah, all right. So I don't know how that applies, uh, but except to say um, it's that kind of thinking that all humans need and that kind of thinking that, um, you know, when they try and get us to wear seatbelts, they either go the really graphic ads or 
or, you know, or speeding around fines or, and they'd kind of take different angles on things and, you know, teach people to cook really healthily um, so that they might find that fun. So I think to a certain extent, you're right, creativity does really help. Um, but it isn't the only thing in our lives that is important. And I wonder if that isn't part of just not understanding what happens to human bodies. Well, it's so good, as usual, spending my uh, morning here chatting to you. All right, Ma, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a challenge. Oh, here we go. Okay. So we've got a week, mm -hmm. and this week, every time you make coffee, you actually put the kettle on or turn whatever fancy machine you've got on. Um, while it's boiling, you have to do squats till it boils. Okay. All right. This is the deal. Yep. I don't make coffee at home. I go to the coffee shop. So what you're asking me to do is to go to the coffee shop and as I'm swiping my credit card over mm -hmm. the machine, yep. I have to squat in front of everybody in the room. Yep. So, so this is introducing the social aspect. So this is good. <laughs> so my well-being. So this is the challenge. I'm going to squat at the coffee shop because I'll do this. I'm going around there now. <laughs> We're introducing a social or humiliation aspect. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I'll leave that for our, our listeners to decide. <laughs> Are you going to do it? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it this morning and I'm going to take a photo and I'm going to make sure that there's a photo of me squatting at my coffee shop. All right. I commit to doing it every morning too, <gasps> just while the kettle's boiling. Okay. Let's see if we can make that one tiny change this week and the challenge for everyone listening. We are going to do squats while whatever you're drinking in the morning, while that kettle boils. This is the movement and the movement <laughs> starts now. Thanks, Kim. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Ash, for a great, great, great um, podcast and lovely talking to you as always. DG? Fantastic talking to you. Do I have to go MVB? You can if you like. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I like it. Okay, MVB, great to speak with you and laugh with you. I'll see you next week and we'll see if our legs are stronger. Mm -hmm. I'll be there. See you next week.